on this episode of AV Week, what region of the world is most inviting to the AV industry? CDW announces layoffs and D10 gets Microsoft certification. All that and more next on AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. AV Nation is brought to you by Sure. Because every voice matters. This is AV Week, episode 610, recorded Friday, April 28th, 2023. Open to AV. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host with us to discuss the news and information we have got this week. First and foremost, Adeline Tatum from USC. Welcome, ma'am. Thank you, sir, for having me on your podcast. Absolutely. Uh, a couple of exciting things about USC we'll talk about here in a second. Joel Carroll, my buddy and pal and, and brother from another mother who has more facial hair than I will ever have uh, and better shirts than I do. He is from Mercive. Welcome, sir. Thank you. Good to be here, Tim. And you're going to have a shirt soon. I, that's what I hear. That's what you I will. Hear. So we'll, we'll, we'll find out in Infocom. Uh, last but not least, a young man uh, I have not met in person, but but through various contacts. Neil Silver uh, from L- L- LCD uh, is come to us by way of Scotland. Welcome, sir. Thanks very much for having us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I mentioned USC uh, fight on. There's two exciting things. One is uh, you've got a uh, you guys uh, were um, awarded a, a sustainability award here recently, the first higher education uh, to do so. Uh, but in my world, also uh, a number of USC uh, former uh, football players are, are getting in, inducted into the in, uh, NFL this week uh, because of the draft. So, Yes, sir, they are. It's going to be a great highlight for this week. Absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, of course, my, my University of Georgia uh, Bulldogs have also got a number of, of folks Although the the Bears, the, I know I don't want to go down that road. I'll, I'll talk about that later when we're not recording. Uh, first story: CDW has announced layoffs in its workforce during the first quarter of 2023 due to a slowdown in IT buying, as according to them. The company attributed the slowdown to various factors, including supply chain disruptions and changes in customer buying patterns caused by the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. Despite the layoffs, CDW remains optimistic about the future and expects demand for technology solutions to rebound in the near term. The company also remains committed to investing in its workforce and expanding its service offerings to meet the involving needs of its customers. Joel, I am going to start with you on this. When you look at uh, the, the market here, both in the States and, and globally, because we're going to have a couple conversations about the global market, where do we see, where do you see slowdowns in the AV market? Uh, you bring up a good question, Tim. Um, so we see some of the slowdowns. I do see some of the slowdowns surround around hardware and some of those aspects. There was a small snippet in that article that I did read, uh, and I can't remember who did the research, but they said, although they're seeing a slowdown in hardware, they're seeing an acceleration in software. Mm. So if you start to look at it from a regional perspective, that's one thing. But if you look at, is it software, is it hardware that's causing some of the some of the slowdown? That's where CDW definitely was saying that they did potentially some of the layoffs based on that article. Um, I think that's going to be a growing trend. Uh, as you guys know, with, with Mersive, you know, one of the benefits is from the software perspective and a lot of the other manufacturers out there, you're seeing do a software offering where they have the capability of extending a lifetime of their product or providing cloud services. Uh, you know, USC, I know uses, you know, different manufacturers with cloud services and things like that as well. Uh, 
but I think that's going to be a continued going trend where we're going to see more people look towards software, maybe not next year, but over the course of the next five, 10 years uh, in those aspects. Uh, Adeline's sitting there shaking her head, so we'll bring her in on this. Uh, I, I met Adeline last year uh, when USC did a, a preview, uh, really kind of a, 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 of all of their different spaces, and Adeline did a great job of articulating what it was, what the technology and the software side, uh, how you guys you leverage both sides of that, Adeline. So talk about that for a second, about that move to software. At USC, we are cloud-based. Um, we have moved over, and... What USC did, we in our spaces, we actually partner with Crestron um, and we have all Crestron touch panel in our classrooms and we do um, Exo iCloud. So um, that's what we use in our spaces. And so for us, it's definitely we are on the south side. Um, it makes life easier for USC. Um, we use OneDrive, so we're a Microsoft campus as well as a Zoom campus. So the Zoom integrated with the Crestron. So we're on mostly software where, yeah. you know, so that's, that's where we are. It's interesting. We, we don't, um, from, from the, again, my, my day job is at CTI. We, we don't see a whole lot of folks that have opted to stay at Microsoft and then and bring in Zoom. I've seen folks that are, you know, uh, Google houses, right, or other uh, other office that will bring in uh, Zoom and, and other soft codecs, but that is, that is interesting. Um, Neil, from, from your perspective, you know, kind of give me a, where, where do you guys see, um, where do you see a slowdown in, in the AV market? I think as, as Jill said, we, we talked about this, the slowdowns that we've seen in terms of hardware um, and the move over to software, but also the move over to services. And I thought it was notable that CD, mm. CDW mentioned, you know, their solutions and services were very strong. Um, but really, it's actually some of the shifts to me seems to be the slowdown in it's, it's a slightly different team of people and a different skill set to be selling the software and the services necessarily than, than selling the hardware. So, so that's going to be change of personnel in some of these businesses. Now, as you say, they, they're still very positive about Outlook and it's, and it seems to be change really rather than, rather than slowing down in, in, in that way. That's my read of it. And that's also what I see over here, lots of businesses and adapting adapting their skill sets to sell different types of solutions um, and, and hence a change in personnel required to do that or or changing change in personnel or change of the skill sets of the personnel. I just also wanted to share that software allows more flexibility and a lot of people are remote because of COVID. And so that is the shift that we are actually seeing and that's why definitely that spike that was in 2020, 2021, 2022, people are getting ready for this remote flexibility. It, the landscape is actually becoming stable now. We're living with COVID. We know it's here, but people are flexible. They miss that interpersonal relationship. So you go to the office twice a week, maybe once a week. But so that's the shift. Adeline, talk for, for a second from, from the customer side. Is... Is buying software different than buying hardware? Are the considerations different? Is the uh, the, the benefit analysis different? It surely is. 
Okay. It surely is. It's a complete different <laughs> analogy around purchasing software from hardware. Um, because for software, it's a simple server and it's uploaded to your computer or your wherever you're on your network. Hardware, we have to hire people to come and install that, put it into the system, go to different spaces. Okay. Really super interesting to hear because that's what our clients tell us and, and we write software. But also, I, having been in the industry a number of years, I've my role's evolved and I'm an old school AV programmer where I started off and, and now we write software. And if and one of those, diff there's so many ways of defining that change and I know it's not a programmer discussion today, but it's, yeah. it, it is a real change in as much as one of the ways you can define the difference between an AV programmer and somewhere developing software is the way we sell. I don't think what we did as AV programmers 10 years ago, you would have described as selling software. You'd been selling yep. a solution, you know? So it, it's it's a very different thing. And and um, yeah, uh, the and the other parallel to, to what Adeline said in terms of um, it just being something that's deployed out onto a box, it's actually the in-house teams with the higher education who are spinning up the hardware for it to go on, virtual machines who they're who are deploying yep. it, and, and who are living and using that software um, rather than getting, a, a, as you say, boots on the ground to come and screw something to the wall. So it's it's very, very different. All right, Joel, what, what's what's different about selling software versus hardware? Well, like Neil said, he's an old school kind of AV programmer guy and I'm an old school AV hardware guy, right? So now stepping into the software world where I am now, um, I'll tell you, it's a learning curve. It's, it's a different uh, conversation like Adeline kind of alluded to and in many cases, uh, who you start those conversations with may not be the original AV individuals that you've got. When you sell software, in many cases now, if you remember back in the day, you used to buy a piece of software and you own it in totality and, and that was it. That's not the case anymore. Uh, nowadays, if you buy an app on your phone or some of these other things, there's a maintenance fee or subscription fee or however you want to look at it. And it's a very different conversation. Um, and in getting some of the AV people at some of these institutions or corporations to understand the value that comes from maintenance or the value that comes from that, it's a harder discussion. IT, not a big deal. They do this every day. Um, but as we all know, a lot of AV is rolling up under IT. So those conversations are getting easier day in, day out. Now you're looking at long-term value across a contract period of one year, two years, three years versus I bought a box and it's never going to change. And it's the only thing that this software is ever going to do or this box is ever going to do is what I bought it for. Uh, we we here at, at, at CTI and AV Nation, we're an Adobe house, right? And, and I am old enough to have worked <laughs> on, oh, shut up, Joel. I am old enough to have to have, who have used Premiere 1.0, right? Uh, which if you're not familiar, Premiere is the video. <laughs> that editor. was before Adobe days. Shut up. When, yeah, I, <laughs> um, I, I used it too. <laughs> um, it is the program that Mitchell uh, uses to, to edit this program, right? To, to edit the video part. And you bought it. Right. That was it. Mm -hmm. You you and, and if you wanted to upgrade to 2.0, well, you went out to the store, you went to, to Circuit City, since we're talking about old right. stuff. You went to Circuit City and bought the, a new CD of it, right? Okay. Where now, yeah. as the head of marketing and the head of AV and, and AV Nation, um, I get those bills on a monthly and yearly basis. And I know exactly how much those those licenses cost for however many, you know, folks we've got. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, next story. D10 has completed the certification process for its flagship device, the the D10ME, me, uh, for use with Microsoft Teams. Now, this is significant in the fact that D10 started out in life as a Zoom 
device. So this is the first step for D10 to get into Microsoft Teams and MTRs, Microsoft Teams rooms. Uh, the certification process involved rigorous testing to ensure seamless integration and functionality with the Teams platform. And the certification is expected to provide a significant boost to D10's position in the marketplace. With certification from Microsoft, the device is expected to see increased demand from customers who rely on the Teams platform for remote collaboration and communication. Adeline, we'll start with you. What does a device getting Microsoft certification mean to education? In education, a device receiving Microsoft certification is the platform that um, professors, teachers use to actually um, deliver their studies, their their program, their curriculum to their students. Um, Microsoft is a basically free, free platform. Therefore, a lot of institution has actually sourced that platform. Um, which makes it easy for them. And what's a great, for me, in my opinion, was great because schools don't have a budget. If we're looking at um, high schools, yes, tertiary level, higher ed has budget. But those primary charter schools that really needed when back to COVID hit, this was such a great way of them being able to give back to education. Yeah. All right, Neil, I, I want to bring you in on this. This I, I mentioned the fact that this was uh, you know, D10's first step into uh, Teams world, right? Everything that they've done to date, uh, they've had a long partnership and, and, and deep integration with Zoom. This is their first step in, into Microsoft Teams. I in no way want to say, okay, great, kid, that, that's great, and I want to do this, but I am going to ask you to do that. Um, where else should they look, right? You know, a number of years ago, a really smart um, research company said that there was somewhere around 250, 260 soft codecs in the world, right? Okay, there's like three or four that most people use, right? Um, so now that they've gotten into Teams, where else should they set their sights? Yeah, I think it's I think it's an interesting question. I mean, it, it's you can you can kind of read some of the the pain and pleasure that they've gone through getting in, getting that certification done. And I remember uh, Jimmy Vaughn, when he worked for Crestron before he moved over to Microsoft, yep. him, him continuing, I mean, they've been Microsoft kind of close for many years, but re even renewing those certifications was such hard work. So it's not, it's not, this, this is not quite the answer to your question. This is slightly evasive and saying, I don't think they'll go anywhere right away. I think they'll, they'll be, they'll settle in and they will, they will, um, you know, reap the, the the rewards of that work that they've done in Microsoft, and they, they seem yeah. to indicate that. Um, in terms of where you go next, it, it is you you either go everywhere or nowhere else, in my opinion, hmm. really, yeah. because we we have now. And I remember there was a four or five years ago there was this kind of chart in terms of outliers in the industry of these soft codecs and blue jeans where they were. It went around social media for quite a while and it was in different articles. And I haven't seen it pop up again more recently, but I think it is probably more skewed now to those main two leaders after post COVID. Zoom had this big rise, Microsoft kind of kept going up. And, and that's my view is that if you do need to go to these other, other soft codecs, then 
then you'd have to go everywhere. And I imagine as a hardware manufacturer, that's a pretty daunting prospect. Um, I would so I think really that a lot of these these other offerings that are out there will tend to be brought into these vice, devices as bring your own device solutions as opposed to native integrations. That that's That's what I see progressing for D10 and also, you know, other other hardware manufacturers who are already partnered up with the, the big players. Yeah. Joel, Neil mentioned the the, the pain and pleasure. I, I have heard those stories of getting Microsoft's team certified um, from, actually from Jimmy Vaughn <laughs> um, of, of Crashdown and other <laughs> folks at, at uh, you know, Extron and, and you know, uh, other folks as well. Atlona has, has told me some of those stories. You know, talk for a second about not only that that process, but also what that brings a manufacturer when it comes to that stamp that says we now work with with MTRs with Microsoft Teams rooms. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a two pronged approach. I mean, if you if you look at the amount of effort, it is a lot of effort, and there's a lot of money that that goes into that, and then you have to have very stringent hardware requirements to say that it works, and that is a lot of tax on that manufacturer, and then to be able to support that as they come out with new updates over a period of time. So when manufacturers add Teams, and, and Teams is a great one to add, they have to look at what the dollar is that they're going to get back. Are they going to be able to recoup that initial cost of the testing to get that Teams label? But with that, when you walk into a door and you're able to walk in and say, what are you looking to do? And you start having that sales conversation of what they need. Well, we're a Teams house. Well, guess what? We have a Teams certified solution that we can offer you. There's no questions. It's not to say systems that aren't team certified can't be sold into those spaces. It's just a different conversation that you have to go through to, to get the customer understand where the value prop is there. But if it has a team certified stamp of approval, it removes a lot of that you know, initial conversation of, well, why aren't you team certified? And what are some of the challenges behind doing that? And that's why I see a lot of the camera manufacturers even who aren't even running teams on the cameras themselves they're getting team certified to ensure that teams yep. works with them in, in any aspect. So it, it's definitely been interesting. Um, you know, I know every manufacturer out there that's doing anything that we do or whatnot, they look at it. Uh, but then you have to kind of do that cause and effect, you know, where, where's your market or, you know, Neil said it best with everything that's out there. Do you look at an agnostic approach where you have ways that you can make this work without requiring that team certification, but can still fit into the architecture. So, each manufacturer looks at it in their kind of own way how to approach it. And to add to that, um, so on our campus, we do have D10 in our spaces. And it's just amazing to see how flexible it has been. Our campus, we manage 240 um, spaces, uh, but USC is a huge campus. Um, so there are other schools that use Teams, while our space, we're a Zoom so Honor D10s now having both options makes it very flexible. Students come and they come to the collab rooms and they're able to actually use team on the D10. So I must say there is advantage, especially on the student side. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it unifies their experience, right, Adeline? I mean, they might be using Microsoft for 90% of everything they do on their laptop already. Mm -hmm. They can walk into a space and they can use Teams, they can use Zoom. I mean, having that Teams environment provides a lot of additional value. A lot of additional value yeah. and flexibility. It's a great point. Yeah. Yeah, and I, 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 I'm cautiously optimistic to see what they, what they, you know, how this actually really, really works on an in-the-world basis, right? Where, uh, you know, is it is it 100% dedicated to one or another or another? Can you, you know, uh, some because yeah. some manufacturers have allowed you to flip and stuff like that. 
Um, last story comes to, uh, to comes to us by you know uh, Neil's neighborhood. I guess is the best way to put that. <laughs> uh, the UK has blocked Microsoft's acquisition of Activision. Now, really quickly, Microsoft is looking to buy Activision Blizzard. The reason that the UK was able to block it is because it is a global acquisition and every country, every government in the world, well, not everyone, but most of them, um, has the, the ability here to, to put their two cents and say no, right? Um, Microsoft says, quote unquote, it is very disappointed with the UK government's decision to block the company from buying Activision Blizzard. Uh, Microsoft executive Brad Smith stated, quote unquote, the European Union is a more attractive place to start a business than uni- the United Kingdom. Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> Especially since y'all left it, but that's a different conversation. <laughs> Brexit aside, and I'm going to get emails from, from my, my, my British friends, uh, I'm certain, uh, which is fine. I, I, like, I like poking them. Um, Microsoft did say, uh, and Activision said that they are going to appeal the ruling. Neil, you've got a, a, a unique uh, perch there um, because being in Scotland, um, and the interesting thing about thing about Scotland is is it is a different country. Yeah, under the UK, and you can correct me here where my big dumb American butt's wrong, right? Um, but you guys are under the UK, so however, many in Scotland, and I'm going to say many because I don't know everybody, were very disappointed in the Brexit vote, and brought up the possibility of exiting out of the UK again. Um, yep. <laughs> you know, because you guys famously about 10 years ago voted a referendum to stay in the UK. Right. Um, and then once Brexit happened, you realize like, well, wait a minute, we might want to reconsider that. Um, when you look at, you know, the UK and, you know, I'm going to put the UK in general, right. You guys in you know, Scotland and England, all that versus the EU versus the States, um, certain parts of Asia pack. We can talk about China versus India versus Oceania. When you look at all these different regions, go back to, to Mr. Smith's statement about the EU being more more friendly to business than, than the UK. What regions do you find are the more agreeable, are the more open to technology companies, to AV companies and AV business? I think it's I think it's really interesting to to which you know why I pushed it forward. I, 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 It'd be really interesting. I mentioned it to one of my colleagues, one of my one of my staff that I work with on a day to day basis uh, works out of Italy, and I mentioned I put this story forward, and he said, he said they won't know what you're talking about. It didn't even make it into the news over over here in Italy, let alone in the UK. But it is a global story because, as as you say, Tim, it's okay. it's it, it's it really is a global story, and it's based on a manufacturer that we've just been talking about in the previous two questions. You know, they come up okay. once or twice in conversation that manufacturer. You know, so in terms of your question, I think if you look at the 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 geographic skew of where for example distributors base themselves or have based themselves historically they come to the UK they come to London uh big financial market and obviously there's yep. been um since well even before brexit there was a lot of the distributors setting up hubs in uh european cities so that they could they could kind of hedge their what they were doing going forward there and 
this has kind of reignited a little bit that discussion again because we're a few years on from everybody setting up regional offices and those regional offices although they've um they they've been useful from a kind of commercial and governance point of view and financial kind of point of view from my perspective they've not really made a shift in terms of where the business is done and i think it's very difficult to make that historical shift if people have been doing the business in in london for for many many years they're going to keep doing the business there and and if the if the business is done there the financial business and the real estate business then then the av business is going to be there as well you've got to be in amongst where the where the actual business is being done so although this although this uh, this decision has been certainly bad press if any press is bad press for the uk i think actually um from an av perspective i still think that that for in in this part of the world in this geo region london is still where it's at and where the the majority of um integrators and manufacturers are going to focus their efforts um in in that respect i mean it's interesting even things like obviously events wise um integrated systems europe's in Europe, it's 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 never been in the UK. You know, it's always been in 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 obviously in Spain now and in the Netherlands before um, Crestron Masters event. It's it's been a long time since it's been in the UK, and it was a very different event at the time. So it's in it's interesting seeing those the the shows and things like that. And the only the only contra to what I'm saying about UK and London still being a real centre is I think that actually the trade shows and events and things we have in the UK. They seem quite small compared to the the bigger shows, and they they feel much more like a regional event would would feel like in the US, for example. And that that puts yeah. a totally different kind of flip on it uh, in in terms of the size of the region. And in some ways, you know, reading back that story, it feels pretty ridiculous that that the UK have have made a ruling on this, you know, and it's the first they've got their ruling out there first, and they've made an impact. Um, but it it. it it made me think generally across to the kind of monopolization that we have just talked about in terms of Zoom and Microsoft in the UC space. Yep. You know, really, it's it's kind of largely there already. But what would happen if one of those tried to buy the other tomorrow? I'm pretty sure it could only go one way around. But <laughs> but I, I I wonder if the UK government would step in and say, no, you can't. <laughs> that, that's an interesting proposition. And, and one that I do not want to right now entertain in my head. <laughs> Be, because, <laughs> you, you know, this is not it's a political statement, but it's a political statement for both parties. So don't anybody at me. Um, the U.S. government generically over the last 50 years has been more I, I'll even give it the last 40 years has been more pro business and less concerned about monopolies and trust than they were the turn of the 1900s. Right. The turn of the, of the, of the 20th century. Um, that is how, you know, I, I have a broadcast background. I, I used to work for radio stations here in St. Louis. And in 1980, I, I can't tell you how many thousands of, of radio uh, companies there were. And around 1990, they broke down some regulations. And now there's three. Right. So that just kind of gives you an idea. Joel, uh, talk about this from a, a, a global perspective and government regulations and government um, business friendly governments when it comes to AV. What, what regions do you see? Yeah, well, it's it's interesting. I mean, it's if you look at like business friendly uh, for AV, a lot of it also even has to do where your products manufactured mm -hmm. and you yeah. know what certifications you have. So, um, if you're a hardware manufacturer and we've got a hardware component, 
there are times that we may have a difficult time selling something into a region because we don't have a certification in, in that region. Um, but what's interesting is what I'm starting to see more and more as people are starting to communicate over UC on a more regular basis. I feel that's almost starting to open up AV. Hmm. You know, instead of me, you know, Apple will take some of these phones and they'll repurpose the phones and they'll sell them, right? Then to, you know, some of these other countries that, you know, aren't as blessed as the countries that we're talking about today. Uh, but that then leads into, well, how do I get a display on the wall? And how do I take some of these other steps? So I think it's starting to opening up eyes to people of, they even know some of this was out here. They didn't know that there were some of these capabilities and you can provide something to them that's very affordable. Um, I mean, you mentioned earlier some of the other areas that, you know, if we look in some of the areas in Africa or some of the places in the Middle East, as those areas continue to grow, uh, I think there's huge opportunity there. It may not be the opportunity that we're conf that we're used to in the United States. You're not going to get a million dollar sale nexus necessarily mm -hmm. some of these areas, but every little tidbit adds up. And if you're able to open a business in that area and sell into that area, you're supporting their local economy based on their employee base. So as a as a country, we can all grow together with the rest of the world. I think it'll be interesting over the course of the next couple of years, um, especially with some of the things that are going on where a lot of products are manufactured right now. There's going to be potential changes, I think, over the coming years as to where products are built. Yep. I think that's also going to help bring an influx to areas that historically haven't built electronics. It's going to bring an influx of some of that technology into regions that we probably never thought of in the past. You know, this box is being built in, I don't know, name a country where they don't build boxes. They're going to welcome that industry in there because people are looking for ways to, to get their product built for a cost-effective manner and get it out in the street. Yeah. And I'll bring you in on this, but I, I want to highlight a couple of things. Um, there, I, I've been doing, I'm, I'm, I'm finishing up some some studies and doing some market research and some stuff. And, and actually this week, uh, the New York Times did a report and, and listened to a podcast called The Daily. They don't need me to advertise for them. They're one of the most popular, you know, it's the freaking New York Times, right? Um, but they did a report on the rise of India, right? And and the, they started the, the podcast with the question, is India the new China? And the reason they asked that is India has now surpassed China as far as population, 1.4 billion people, right? China has 1.4. India has just a skosh over, like, so it's 1.41, you know. And something that Joel just mentioned there is some of it is the manufacturing in country. Um, India has opened its doors. Apple phones have started manufacturing there. Uh, I want to say Samsung and Harman, from an AV standpoint, have both started manufacturing there. So not to, not to pick on India for a second, but that that is one market that it appears to be like it's opening up to to AV. There are certain countries um, in in on the Africa continent that are uh, evolving and developing from a financial stand from a financial center standpoint, um, as well as an AV standpoint. Certainly, you've got Central and South America here in this hemisphere that are developing and opening up in different parts. So when you look at at the world and, and Adeline has a has a, a more global perspective than I think I will probably ever have, um, then you what where do you see, you know, A V really kind of being more welcome? So for me, they we have this phrase, I'm from Belize, for those of you that don't know, when America sneezes, Belize catches a cold. <laughs> So to say that AV in, um, can definitely be introduced and be 
um, set a new platform. If it was to do Central American countries, I know I did my degree in Belize. I did up to a BA in information technology. We didn't know anything about AV. So that's an area where AV can definitely dive in and try to set a new precedence and open up doors. I can assure you that that would be a great project. That would be a great research, along with other Central American countries being from Central America. I just had one one thing on that. So in one of the things that I get some insight into this from is our community of, of AV programmers, community of Crestron service providers mainly. So we, we have a great community. We've got our own discussion forums. And what I've seen an increase in that is is businesses popping up in some of these different regions and chatting with them about where the market is in those different regions. As you say, there is great opportunity, but also a really exciting time to be a fledgling small business in those those areas. Really interesting, really exciting. Absolutely. All righty, that is going to do us. Uh, Adeline Tatum from USC. Thank you, ma'am. How do people connect with you? You guys can connect with me at TatumA at USC.edu. And I want to shout out all the graduates for 2023, as I am one of those graduates, and especially my leading instructional change um, concentration. She has a PhD. I'm just going to point that. She's a doctor. Doctor. When do I get to talk, call you doctor? Do you have it yet? Only in the executive meetings you get to call me doctor. Other all than right. that, I'm out of line. I haven't received it yet. I walked on right. <laughs> when, when When you get your PhD, I will just call you Dr. Tatum. Joel Carroll, thank you, sir. How do people connect with you or Immersive? Absolutely. So you can connect with Immersive at Immersive.com. Um, and it's jcarroll at Immersive.com. We will be at Infocom this year. Our booth is going to be 4875. We got some new announcements coming up. Selfishly, I'll take a selfish plug. Not going to say much about it, but there's some pretty great stuff coming for the education market specifically uh, that you guys will see some uh, emails about, I'm hoping, in the next week and a half. Uh, I look forward to seeing everybody at Infocom. Uh, and Tim, you're, you're welcome to come and say hello as well. Uh, I, I, that's I, fine. I we'll let it happen. I appreciate that. I almost feel slighted. It's like, yeah, everybody's welcome and you too, Albright. All right. <laughs> Neil, fantastic to at least virtually meet you. Uh, thank you so much. Um, how do people connect with you or, or LCD? You can get me on email. Uh, the website is uh, lightingcontrol.co.uk. Uh, you'll find me on LinkedIn as well. Um, we'll not be at Infocom. We've, we did uh, two US shows last year, so we're, we're, we're taking a little little rest from those flights at the moment. Um, I will be in uh, Madrid for the Masters and the Modern Workplace Summit, which there may nice. be a number of listeners attending. So um, if you are going to be at that, um, drop me a message on LinkedIn or email and, uh, and, and let's catch up. I believe that you have, I believe my buddy Chris Netto is heading over. He to is. That. Yeah. I saw he's so doing, he's going to be doing to. his MTA, I, th I believe. Yes. So yeah, you should, you should give him crap for me. So, <laughs> uh, just, just, just right ahead of Infocom. He heads over to Madrid because of course he does. Um, for me, for Tim Albright, do not follow me on the Twitters because I am either going to cry or celebrate after the NFL draft based on what the Bears do. But go by the website, avnation.tv. That's avnation.tv. You will find this program and a host of others. We all talked about Infocom, and we are, of course, going. Uh, you can go by the website, check out our previews, all the coverage there. Infocom happens the 14th through the 16th of June in Orlando. Uh, my day job uh, is I run marketing for CTI, and we will also have a booth, 4101-4101. And... Um, 
probably this time next week, I'll be able to announce something. But let's just say if you're an end user, you might want to come by the booth because we might be having uh, a really incredible, interesting prize to give away. So, yeah, I have to have the lawyers sign something and then I can say it. I'll just put it that way. Um, so 4101 is where you'll find me uh, or roaming around and, and, you know, stalking Joel Carroll for his shirt. Uh, but go by the website if you would, please. Avianation.tv. It's avianation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. That is all the time we have for AV Week. <laughs>